I caught you. You were you were probably browsing the World Wide Web. <laughs> I was actually I was trying to share it into my Facebook group for coaching, but I didn't beat the clock. <laughs> I'll have to do it after. <laughs> I totally did. So here's what I did. I was looking down, share, 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 and I like saying we're live. However, yeah. today for about 20 seconds, we were lice is what I wrote. <laughs> It's all oh, good. Man. Fat thumbs, I guess. It's all good. Yeah. So, so you and I have planned a different type of show today. Yeah. 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 Good, good, different good. format. Different format. Well, that's the beauty of, of doing your own show. You can change it up a little bit. And uh, before we get into what type of show it is, we should run our intro. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Beautiful. That makes it official now. Yeah. Now we're actually really live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, there's a lot of things going on in the real estate market. A lot of things happening with uh, the agents that you and I work with. And, uh, and we thought it would be beneficial to have some conversation around some of the hot topics of late and, and dive into that, maybe shed some different light on it or different ideas. And really this is, this is the next 30 minutes or so is, is to see some different ideas and different perspectives and, and allow, allow, you know, agents to, and, and we want your feedback too. So as you're watching along with us or whether it's live or afterwards, drop in the comments. Uh, we're happy to, to discuss them, but uh, the, the topics that we got on, on schedule for today, Jen, is a sliding scale commission. Mm -hmm. uh, CMHC was, we knew they were wrong. They finally admitted <laughs> that they were wrong in some forecasting and, um, and what else we got? We're going to talk about referrals and how to generate referrals. And more importantly, how to get paid on referrals as mm -hmm. an agent. And and this one's really, really important. The last one that we'll be diving in on, Jen. And this was your idea. I love it. And that's the, the value proposition from the listing agent's perspective, especially in a hot market. Right. Yeah, yeah. My phone's ringing off the hook here, but that's okay. And, and they can wait. <laughs> Everyone's excited. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. So, um, you've had a busy week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little crazy. I'm just looking at my eyes on the screen. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you can totally see that there's been a lack of sleep happening. Yeah. It's been an absolute crazy week. We've been, we, uh, we closed on our townhouse, as you know, on Monday, got the keys to our new house, started the demo on the new house, moved in with the in-laws, um, and then I've been working with clients and, you know, helping out some agents with some deals that they've been working on that, you know, are priority and we've got to give them that time. So it's uh, it's been pretty crazy around around our neck of the woods. I'm not going to lie, but uh, we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And now it's just um, getting that new routine, right? Figuring out what the next couple of weeks are are going to be like for for us. Yeah. And, and I love that you just didn't go, you know, make it easy on yourselves you know, buy a house that you can move right into. Yeah. No. You're, you're doing the whole no. thing, the renovation and you got like a, yeah. an eight, nine month old at home and, and there's, you got lots going on. Big, yeah. big business yeah, we, to take care we of. Like a, we like a challenge, you know, we don't want to make it too easy. And uh, you know, that the house, obviously the decision there was, we love the bones. We like the location. 
and we wanted what the home has to offer and you know we our budget didn't allow us to buy the updated version of that so we instead of buying the smaller renovated home we just opted for the bigger the bigger long-term home that we could kind of do the work on right away and you know maybe that was a wise decision maybe it wasn't the next month will tell but uh <laughs> We're, we're excited, right? We get to, and we get to put our own stamp on something too, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, a lot of, a lot of people would shy away from that, right? That's, you know, buying the, buying a home that you can add value to, you're going to see that grow. Not, not that you want to see it grow because you're not looking to sell it next month, but th that's, yeah. that's something that you can, you know, as you said, put your stamp on, make it your own. So that's exciting. It's all renovations are always exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting trying to coordinate everybody and, uh, you know, make sure everyone's got what they need, but also kind of not be too in anybody's way or too, you know, micro managing any of it. And um, it's a fine balance, but we're we're really lucky. We're surrounded by great support. And my father-in-law and the crew of his guys are the ones in there doing the demo. So while we're living at his house, working and doing our thing, he's at our house, jacking up the kitchen and the floors. And, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool situation we got going on. So that's interesting you say that. I, I, I'm gonna provide some insight here. You ready? This is your life lesson. The faster that it might take him, he wants you out sooner. The longer it takes, <laughs> he wants he wants to see his granddaughter more. <laughs> yeah. If all of a sudden by Tuesday he's like, you know, just taking a saw to everything, we'll know we're uh, we got to get out quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we dive into uh, the first topic here, and um, you know, we're, we kind of. As I mentioned, we have a number of different topics, and, and each one is going to be its own quick take, if you will. So let's, let's run with that. Okay, so the first one, Jen, sliding scale commission. Mm -hmm. My first question to you is, have you used it in the past? Uh, no. No, I haven't. Not personally. Um, I have had conversations around it and made structures based on it with clients who have used it successfully. Uh, I, I, I love it. I, I actually would like to transition to using it more, um, but I haven't used it yet. Yeah. What about you? I, I believe I presented it once or twice. It wasn't necessarily something that I ran with, but um, I think as I hear more and more about it, uh, I educate myself on it. I think it's a really unique opportunity. I was listening to uh, a top realtor the other day talk about it, and this was something that was really, really prelevant, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, and I think it's, I think it could add a lot of value to, um, your, your value proposition as we kind of wrap into that a little bit later. And it really just, you know, pe so let's, let's back up a little bit, Jen, what we should do is explain what it is. And, yeah. and so here's what it looks like is instead of, you know, doing, doing your listing presentation and going through all the CMA and then it gets to the conversation around what the commission is uh, for the sale of the home or the services that you're going to, you're going to provide. What you're going to the table with is really a fee guide. Mm-hmm. Or, or a service, a service for fee, and or fee for service. Sorry, and and your your people love options, 
right? So you're, you're, what you're doing is providing people with really, I think the best ones I've seen out there are three options. So at X amount percent, you're going to get maybe you know, like a menu, you're going to get this. And then the next scale, you're going to get all of these services. And then the last one, you're going to get everything plus more type thing from, from a service perspective and you pay accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, and it can be, you know, we're, 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 let's talk about commission openly. It can be anywhere from say 4% as a start all the way on up. I've seen them as high as 7%. And, and I've seen people yeah. take that, that high range. And it really does allow people to have that choice. People love choices. Wouldn't you say, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've seen it go as high as eight um, with the idea that, you know, there was a, there was a team in, in the beaches probably about 10 years ago now. And they had that model where they put, they brought in a contractor, like they fully did the whole reno, did some updates, fixed up electrical if necessary, especially in those areas with knob and tube and all that, Um, you know, open the space up, renoed it. And they would, you would move out of your house. You would give them your house. They would reno it, fix it, stage it, sell it. And then you would just be back for the negotiation. And people paid that because there's, there's a ton of value add there. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, people do like options. And it, this model always reminds me of uh, there's a book called Sell That Lobster. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a marketing book. And it's really interesting. But there's one part that always stood out to me. And it was the part where they started talking about the concept of options and how that became a really big marketing tool in the 80s. And it actually started with like movie theaters and things like that, where, you know, people, the, the, the company had you know the large and they had the small or regular and small and everybody bought the small because it was the cheaper option but they wanted people to start buying the regular so this marketing company came in and they looked at it and they said okay well what if we have the small we make you know we make a regular your regular and we add a large and now what started happening they added the large and they had the three as we know it they have the three on the on the counter and you could see the different sizes everybody started buying the medium positive profit um, because they were given the option and, you know, psychologically for whatever reason, people tend to pick the middle option. I don't know what that is, but there's a, there's an actual thing there around that psychology around that. So I always think about that story and then think about how we present our commissions. And when we go in and we just say, you know, it's, it's 5%. Well, if you want someone to pay you five, maybe you give them four five and six and, and have them pick five. If you want them to pick six, maybe you give them five, six and seven, as long as there's, you know, they can see what they would be getting. Cause that's, the, that's the caveat there, right? Like they'd have to visually see it. Um, but I think it's a great model. And I think, you know, adding to our value prop that we're going to talk about later, how do we differentiate ourselves right now? from all the other agents out there when sellers have that mindset of, well, it's easy to sell a house. Right. Yeah. I I think that, I think that's really cool because, and the other concept that I heard this past week too, was the fact that, you know, yet you had your three different menu items and each, each menu item got uh, grander and grander. And, and the comment was, well, if I like say menu item two, for instance, but there's a few things on menu item three that I like. Can we pull those over? And normally, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in years past, we've been taught to say, no, it's this or this. And, and the cool yeah. thing was, was, well, why not pull a couple of those things over? And mm-hmm. so instead of the, 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 the commission that uh, aligns with that menu item, 
well, now it's going to be, you know, five and a quarter or five and a half percent if you want those other things pulled in. And I thought that was really, really cool because it adds true flexibility to it. It adds, um, you know, people it, it, it adds more opportunity, like more, more opportunities, as we we're saying, but more choices. Right. And yeah. And sometimes what we what we got to be careful with is providing too many choices. Yeah. But but if you still kind of have it in those three columns, people, you know, it's been proven over and over again. People think in threes. All the artwork and architecture and and everything else is all in threes. I got three pictures behind me, although you can only see two, <laughs> but there's three behind me. Like it's everywhere, right? And and yeah. and and it just provides, I think, a you a really unique conversation. Um, you look very well prepared. Uh, from a whole presentation yeah. perspective, it's not something that I don't think I would leave behind. Uh, I would, you know, put that in front of them and and uh, allow them to uh, choose choose where they want to land, and and you know then go to work type thing. But I, I love this idea. Yeah, and when you visualize or think about, you know, if you were to visualize your listing presentation, and you you look at both approaches, one going in and saying it's 5% and that's your flat rate or it's 6% and that's a flat rate. And the other going in and going, well, you know, here are, here are our options. Here are service packages that we provide for you. Which one is the best fit, right? Um, th that feels better. That, that sounds better. It sounds more prepared, more professional, more organized. And, and you, you get away from that going, well, it's just, it's 5% because that's the standard. And then people start to question that. Well, what am I getting for that? And if you can't, handle that objection well you might get broken down to four percent or three and a half percent or you know all, we have all those guys doing it for one percent and two percent um out in the real estate world obviously not with us but um you know it, it changes that conversation right away because now you know your your value adds are in front of them your services are laid out and they can see and understand okay here's what i get for my money and if i don't want that i have this option or i have that option it allows them to make a more educated decision and i would argue that it could potentially eliminate some of your commission objections right um and going to what you said the a la carte model right is is also an option like we could we could go really out of left field on this like we can charge flat fees right so what if you said you know it's it's a two percent base plus your a la carte options up to a cap of whatever six percent and and perhaps they could then choose, you know, okay, we get our, we pay you the, the two or the three or the 4%, whatever that base is going to be. And then we also want you to paint and we also want a handyman and we also want staging. And those are the flat fees on top of that. So you can actually allow for those hard costs. That's another creative way to do it. Um, you know, we don't, we don't all have to just stand in line and, and, and say the standard line, right? We, we can think different and, and behave differently and set ourselves apart. And this is a huge opportunity to do that for sure. Yeah, I think so. Standing yourself or letting yourself stand apart from the crowd. Uh, that's, that's yeah. definitely whatever it is. You got to hold up a pickle in the air to be different. Like do it. <laughs> this is one of those ways. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why if your avatar, <laughs> I don't know either, but if your avatar client is like a pickle lover, then that would work, right? Just stand <laughs> right? in a pickle suit, <laughs> attract all the people that want pickles. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. I love Beautiful. it. All right. So I, and I would say if you want more information or if you want to have a, a deeper discussion around that, uh, Jen and I are, are happy to do so. And, uh, and maybe Jen, that's something that we have a, a more in-depth conversation with, with, you know, with our agents inside our yeah. brokerage, because I think there's a real opportunity there to, to expand on this for sure. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think it's one of the areas that maybe our, our industry needs to, uh, needs to change a little bit and let go of holding on to it's 5% because it's 5% and start to actually show our value um, on paper, because I think that would, that would also get define the great agents from the good agents from the the non-productive or less productive agents pretty easily instead of us trying to have to sell ourselves every single time we're in an appointment right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very good i love it okay let's move on okay referrals get paid <laughs> you and i kind of laughed about this um yeah there you know, building a real estate business uh, is all about leverage. And and I talk about real estate, you know, being a realtor is a business. And, and the best part is, I believe, is the opportunity to leverage and leveraging out to agents that have expertise, whether it's in a specific field of real estate or, or the geographic area. And it's something that I, I you know, me, Jen, I, I leverage that quite heavily at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I know you've done that in the past, too. And yeah. uh, there's there's some good lessons that you and I have had over the years on on sending referrals to, to other agents and so forth. And I thought it'd be good to have a conversation around this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to talk about this. And right now, with the amount of movement we're seeing as people are getting more flexibility in their work lifestyles and in their ability to be remote and to spend more time in, at the cottage and in more country uh, areas, you know, we're seeing that big, that big trend of, of people shifting. And as agents, if we don't have a team that we can rely on to refer to, we're in trouble, right? That's a lot of business that we might be losing out on. And, you know, I was, I was sharing with you earlier, I have clients that uh, I sold a house to 10 years ago down in the beach and, you know, they are, they're actually sorry in Leslieville and they loved it. They're city people, you know, they work downtown. They called me up a week, week and a half ago and just said, we want to move to Collingwood. Like we're, we want space. We've, we've got a dog, we've got the cottage. We're, we're kind of tired of the downtown life and with COVID and everything else, we just want to get out of here and, you know, come, come see the house and let's chat. Always a great call to get. Um, but you know, they were never people that I thought would, would make that transition because when we bought, they were all about city life, right? And being in that Leslieville pocket and being close to everything. And, um, you know, we were having that conversation now about getting them set up with a great agent that they can rely on that I know is going to provide the same level of service that I would provide so that that transition for them still represents me. When we refer somebody, what they receive on the other end is still a representation of our service, right? So who's your, who's your partner? in that area, who are you sending those referrals to and what level of service are they giving? Have you vetted them? Right. And beyond that, you know, do you even know how a referral works? And I'm going to throw that to you, Gary, because I think you can shed some light on that. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate that. I certainly do know how a referral works now, <laughs> years later, uh, but yeah. you only need to learn a lesson once, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully you only need to go through a situation once. Okay. So why do we refer? Well, a couple of things from, you know, we, if I put my, my, my manager's hat on, if you will, for a moment, Jen, like uh, it is as, as a realtor, we have a fiduciary duty to serve our client in the, in the best way that we can. And if we are not an expert in that local geographic area, refer, 
refer, refer, mm-hmm. refer, because there could be so many different uh, different things that show up in that local market that we're just not aware of. Uh, also, secondarily, uh, if it's the type of property that we're not familiar with, anything from farms to septic systems or investment properties or downtown condos and we're an uptown type of guy or girl like doesn't matter like refer out okay so jen's kind of jokingly threw it over to me because we shared a story earlier um you know you only need a lesson once (laughs) and and the best part about a referral uh not only do you get to serve your clients but obviously as it says here in the in the title below us uh you get paid if you ask to get paid <laughs> i will say uh i it was the first my first year in real estate i was doing really well and uh, i had a client that wanted to sell one of his properties and it was not in an area that i was familiar with it was pretty far from me so i sent it to an agent that uh he and i had talked to each other we knew each other a little bit and uh, he sold his property and i did not receive a referral fee from it why because i didn't ask for one but I did get, here's what I did get. And, and it's one of those lessons. I did get, I, I believe a $50 gift card to Best Buy for, for being a great agent, <laughs> which oh, I was I thankful that. for. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure I used. I mean, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. However, I learned my lesson. So when you pick up that phone or the email and you're sending a referral over, uh, oh, negotiate the referral uh, fee um first I, I mean that that's what i do and and do not feel and this was this was something that i got over pretty quickly do not feel uncomfortable about asking for it just flat out asking for it and you can do that in many different ways you know i'm going to send you a referral and i i will be taking 25 percent of the commission on this you know however you want to word it and and mm-hmm. you only need to do that once there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love that. That cracked me up. The $50 Best Buy gift card was my favorite. And I mean, it was actually nice that they sent that to you because I've heard stories where, you know, nothing, there's, you don't, they don't even know the deal was done. Right. And to, to kind of step back into the, the protocol a little bit in order to um, have a referral properly processed, what you want to do is, you know, get in connection with the agent first, make sure they're a fit with your client, make sure your clients are happy to move forward with them then get a contract signed outlining that you know you are referring them what area they're going to be in what you know what the percentage is of the commission that you're going to get as the referral traditionally it's 25 percent. you can usually negotiate 25 to 30. Uh, we see that relatively often get the other agent to sign that and then yes Janet, cut out there a little bit. That runs in. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you cut out. I'm just gonna Sorry. rephrase what you said or 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 put the the foot down. Yes. Send the referral agreement, get it signed by the other agent, receive it, send the client over and wish them, you know, don't wish them all the best, but you know, you know, put them put them in good hands. <laughs> Very good. I'm just looking yeah. at some of the comments yeah. here, Michelle yeah. King, and back to our previous topic. Uh, I like this, uh, Michelle, on the sliding scale, the, the silver, gold, and platinum service packages. Absolutely. People understand what that means. Right. You read that and they ultimately, they understand that it's going to be a different service level uh, from from you. I love that, Michelle. Good one. Good one for sure. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Yes. Get paid on referrals, which means ask up front. (laughs) Yeah. And and just to to flip this on the other side a little bit, because I I can shed light on an experience that I've had. Um, 
where I assumed that people that I know knew how referrals worked and that, that it was a thing in our industry. And I learned the hard way that that was not the case. Um, and you know, I had, I had actually family members who you called me one day, all excited. We just bought a da, 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 condo in wherever. And I'd been sending some listings and get it helping them with some info, but they didn't know that I could get a referral. And, and that was on me. I didn't educate them. Right. So, um, make sure when you do have clients, even if they're out of town or not local, you can still make sure that they get the support they need with a local agent in the area, even if they're not your active clients that you're now referring out. So just make sure that you educate them on that as well. So that they, they even if they're, like I said, they're not close by, they know, Hey, before you buy something, give me a call, right? Let me, let me help you with that process. And here's how that could look so that you can get not only paid on those as well, but make sure that they're getting great agents, that they're going to the right people and getting the right protection and support, right? So just a little, the, the other side of that, I guess, because we don't think about those guys sometimes when they're not, when they're not local, right? Well, I'm so glad you said that. Um, yeah, we do got to train, you know, our, our, our database, if you will, on, on what that looks like. And it, and it can be approached in so many different ways. I know when I was doing my investment workshops, uh, I would always, you know, end the evening with, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, and we kind of, I kind of make a joke, joke about it anywhere in North America, uh, I've got a good database of agents that, you know, that we work with and especially in Canada. And because we were working with different investors, um, that investment world is really small. So I would remind people that I've already vetted a lot of these people. And it was true because mm -hmm. I knew we had, we had been in different networking events uh, going back down to, you know, to, to 2008 or even before. And um, yeah, I would send referrals to Calgary, Vancouver, all sorts of different places, Edmonton. So even because yeah. it's not local, uh, don't, don't think or leverage that and, 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 in, in educate your, your client, your database on, on that for sure. Good stuff. Yeah. And I mean, in your role now, Gary, too, you, you rely more on a referral model for your business um, than an active sales. Right. And, and I mean, it's, it's working out. I know really well for you guys, everything is going really smoothly. So, you know, that is another option in getting creative in, in how we build and run our businesses. Right. If you want, if you want to leverage out a lot of your, your transactions because you want to spend time somewhere else, you can build an entire referral network that allows you to do that. And and you, your only responsibility is get the lead, convert the lead, pass the lead along, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, last I looked in, in 2020, I believe I'd referred out about $14 million worth of volume. And and that goes a long way on the referral fee standpoint, you can imagine, right? Yeah, so, absolutely, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, leverage that, leverage your contacts, leverage your relationships for sure. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Moving yeah. on, Jen. CMHC was wrong. <laughs> so what does this mean? And, and Irene, I see some of your, your comments coming up here. We'll circle back to them in just a moment. Um, well, let's stay on the CMHC uh, topic for, for just a second here. So we knew they were wrong for, from their predictions <laughs> from last year. They just acknowledged that they were wrong uh, that, in, an, in an article and some tweets that came out earlier in the week by their CEO. And uh, so why were they wrong? What did they say? What, what, you know, what was the big thing about? Um, 
dating back to early last year and throughout the year, they kept calling for the Canadian real estate market to crash, to crash, to crash. And, and they were, they were really very, very strong in their opinions on that. Yet the real estate market and different economists kept looking at it and they kept saying, well, we don't see it. It's we don't forecast it. We're not seeing it. And people like, um, uh, you know, Benjamin Tall and others in the Canadian economic uh, stand, stand front, they just never saw it. And, and in fact, they just announced the other day that, yeah, they were not only were they want, wrong, they were incredibly wrong <laughs> about this market. <laughs> and, and really, there was only about a, what, Jen, last year, so last April, maybe into the second, not even week of May, the market yeah. was on pause. And that's yes. it. Yeah. And that pause got yeah. thrown into high gear pretty quick after that. Wouldn't you agree? Way, I think way faster than anybody thought it would actually, it kind of really took on a life of its own in that moment. Um, and it, it just kept going. And then we rolled into October and then November, then December. And then of course, you know, January being, I, I think arguably we could say the peak of the crazy in that sense of the chaos as we've, we're now starting to see more inventory roll out. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it really did kind of become a beast that nobody was really anticipating. We were, we were all looking one way and it, it kind of shifted different, but I think most of most people who were watching pivoted quickly, which was great, but CMHC somehow didn't. <laughs> I don't no, know what they, happened there. Yeah. And, and they were, <laughs> And, and the things that they were predicting, some of it came true to an extent. However, it didn't affect the real estate market. So they were talking about, you know, people are going to be losing income and jobs and all the things, everything that goes along with that. So when you lose income and jobs, you spend less. And they were absolutely right on that point. And uh, at Keller Williams, we just finished family reunion and, and Gary Keller loves to do what he calls the vision speech or in other terms, the, the economic um, speech, if you will. And of course, all the stats were coming out and the information that was coming out. And yes, people lost jobs, and which means they lose income. However, the majority of people that lost and unemployment, the unemployment rate went up. Um, they were, you know, the, the, the 20 year old to the 30 year old um, population. And, and as Jen and I were talking earlier, that's not typically the population that's buying houses. You know, typically yeah. that age gap is 35 and over uh, in the GTA area, and it's probably similar in many cases. And that's one of the reasons why um, the real estate market didn't slow down as everyone, as CMHC thought it was going to be. The other really neat thing, Jen, that came out of that, those conversations with Gary Keller and in some of the other articles I was reading this week on Global Mail and, and so forth, Look at me. I sound like I'm all like old and proper now reading the Globe and Mail. My father-in-law would be yeah. proud. <laughs> but, I feel um, like there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what there is. Yeah. I can only read so many articles before I had to pay for it. <laughs> Silly yeah. Globe and Mail. However, in, in one of the articles, uh, they talked about, um, you know, for the Canadian population that earns uh, household income, actually household income of $100,000 or more, that that those that group of people, which is actually a large group of people, have never in history have they've had so much savings at one time, hmm. and they are I mean, just dying to spend it. Well, I think that's the thing is because traditionally we're more of a spending ec economy, and we haven't been able to. 
right? So it, it's, I think that's why everybody's renovating. <laughs> like, gotta yeah. do something. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was, a, there was an image that Gary Keller brought up and I know I got the slides sent to me just the other day. I was like, 200 slides. So there's a lot to go through. However, one of the yeah. stats, one of the slides I remember going up is, okay, if I have all the savings, they did a, they did a survey and where, where do you expect to spend it? And of course it was in investments, real estate, stock market, home renovations, travel, all the things that right. everybody wants to do. Right. And it was yeah. very few people that said that they were, you know, not going to do anything, which, um, you know, our, our GDP is going to go up this year in Canada and, and most likely in the States as well, believe it or not. And, and we're going to see another boom to you know, economic boom in the market once, you know, as things get lifted, uh, depending where you are mm -hmm. with COVID restrictions. And we're seeing that now, you know, my wife was at yeah. Costco this morning and, and, and because she's able to go out shopping and, and, and feel comfortable doing that, you know, just things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, even, looking at the next year to two years the amount of travel that's going to occur as we're allowed to do that more because we've we've been told we can't so of course that's all we want to do now right um and it, it, i think that it's going to be interesting to see how how that looks and what those prices are going to be in the spending because i i know people that are saying i don't care what it costs i'm going the minute we're able to go i'm going i'll pay i've got the money right now right yeah um and and so that's that's going to be that's going to be a, a whole nother wave of of money going into our economy as as this clears out and you know this is obviously not to kind of get away from the fact that they're obviously having people that have been financially impacted and have you know lost jobs and are struggling and all of that is occurring but when we're looking at where that where those issues are are happening in, in relation to the real estate market they're different demographics and I, I think that's really what it's coming down to right yeah yeah for sure for sure. Okay, good. Irene, we will get to your comment before the end of the uh, the show here. We've got one more topic and then we'll loop back in some into some of those things here. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I wanted to, I, I did want to mention Jen that um, CMHC is a fantastic resource for uh, information, uh, statistical information whether it be, you know, your your average rent prices in specific areas to mortgage arrears to what have you. Uh, it is a good resource, but um, I would listen to people like ben Benjamin Tall, and he's the chief economist for CIBC, and 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 people like that that are um, you know they don't care whether you buy real estate or not. They 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 just report yeah. on the economics of, of Canada, and uh, he, he's a good resource if you're into that type of thing. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on, Jen. This is our last topic. If I press the button. Listing agent value proposition. So here's how this topic came out. Jen, Jen, you, you had said to me, you know, this market's moving so fast. Do, do we still need to keep staging? And that mm -hmm. was, you know, some, what some of the agents are, are asking about. And, and then we just had more and more that it just kept growing and growing this conversation. So um, yeah. why, you, you lead us off here. Yeah, so the reason it came up is because I've, I've been getting asked this with coaching and, and hearing that like agents are being asked this by their clients. Like, what, well, can I just leave my house as it is? The market's so crazy. It's just going to sell anyway. Um, and, and, you know, that led to the conversation of, well, what's your value proposition? How do you answer that question? Is, is your value prop that you provide staging? And if it is, 
and you decide not to do it because the market is an easy market, if as some would like to say, um, we all know that's not true, but people like to say that in these booming markets. Um, are you providing the same level of service to every client? Because that's what your value prop is. And, and your value proposition is what what you're giving to them, what makes you unique and, and specific and it's purposeful and it's it's clear. And if you start to deviate from that, you know, then you start to shift away from what your brand is and you start to provide a different level of service and then your referrals and, and your future business gets impacted by that. So when we're having this conversation of should I stage or not, because it's a it's a good market and it's easy to not do that and not spend that money. It's a much bigger conversation as as we learned when we kind of fell into it. right? Um, and I think that that's an important thing to uh, to to look at. What are you what is your what are you providing to your clients? What's your service? If you don't have a value prop, then you need to start thinking about that, right? What is your brand and how are you unique? What are you offering to people that others aren't? We touched on that with that sliding scale commission. Um, but beyond that, you know, how do you protect yourself when this market gets super competitive? How do you provide something that no one else is providing? And it's your value prop. And if you, if you can't walk in and defend that and provide it consistently, you need to work on that part of your business. Boom. There you go. <laughs> That's great. And, and while you were talking there, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, your value prop is the experience you provide to your sellers or, or your clients, mm -hmm. your buyers for that matter. And, and perhaps that's just another way to think about it. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, what experience am, am I providing for them? Is it just like the, right. the same guy that's going to come in the door next, or is it something that's truly unique that only you can provide? And, yeah. and I think that's a really strong, powerful way to look at it. You know, if, if that's the trend in the marketplace where you currently are selling properties is yeah, we just throw up pictures and things are selling. How easy is it to stand out from the crowd at that point? Right, right. <laughs> if all you have to do is stage to make yourself, and I don't even mean pay a stager, like you can stage yourself if you want to, right? You can get certifications and learn how to do it. And if that's all you have to do to be better than the rest of your competition, how are you not doing it? And, you know, part of our value proposition is obviously what are our competitors doing? We have to know that. We have to look at that, explore that a little bit, see what they're offering and then adjust. And I'm just going to give you a heads up. My laptop is flashing at me that my battery is low and I don't have my power cord, which is horrible. Um, so I might cut out if I disappear. You know, that's why I didn't just give up <laughs> and stop wanting to be here. Um, but I just wanted to let you know, Gary. So yeah, I think going back to that, what, what, who are you competing against and what are they offering and yeah. how do you do something different? It doesn't have to be better because some people are going to be attracted to one offer and some people are going to be attracted to the other, but it has to be competitive um, and it has to set you apart. And so what does that look like? And the first step in that is defining who you do you want to work with to begin with. Yeah. 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 It's very true. You know, it, I had a friend of mine years ago saying that being a realtor is really easy, right? And you and I have talked about this in the past. You just got to be willing to do a little bit extra than what everybody else is doing. And, and yeah, a lot of people are staging now. A lot of people are doing the videos, great photos, great videos. And, and, but if you're looking around the marketplace and some of that's being pulled back, to me, it makes sense to double down on some of that stuff, right? Some of that stuff that's really unique mm -hmm. to you. And, you know, one of the agents, or actually we had her on, on one of our earlier episodes, 
uh, Stevie, right? Stevie is great at yeah. social media and, and TikTok and all that. Like, leverage some of those other tools that you have that no one else can copy you on, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, just stand out from the crowd. Okay, so before you d die on us, Jen, I mean, your computer die on us. <laughs> computer I know, die, yeah. I know yeah. Physically, physically, you might go on us too. You've had a tough week or a busy week, I should say. Um, yes, Irene, how do you ensure that a referral fee is owed to you? Jen, you co you covered this earlier, covered it once more for, for our friends here. On Absolutely. Yeah. So what you want to do, Irene, is make sure that you get that refer referral agreement document signed before you send your clients over to that person. So you're going to go in, you're going to state that what the cut is that you're taking 25%, 30%, whatever you guys negotiate and agree on, everybody signs off on it. And then of course, once it's submitted, that agent is still responsible for keeping you up to date and you're still going to maintain your relationship with your clients. So you're going to be checking in on them to make sure they're getting the same level of service. How's it going? Have you found anything? How can I help? Right. And you're still part of that relationship. So your clients will obviously be letting you know and that agent will be letting you know. And then the information and the deal gets submitted through the brokerage um, and you get their brokerage and you get that referral fee that comes from the, that listing brokerage once that deal closes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like I said, it is a great way to service your clients and, and stay, stay in, in their lives, if you will, from that perspective. Okay. So, um, Jen, we covered a lot of stuff today and, uh, you know, sliding scales. We lost Jen. I knew it would happen. <laughs> That's all good. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go like this. Um, yeah, Irene, I will make sure Jen will watch this afterwards and say thanks for sure. Uh, yeah, they keep me up to date. Jen's texting me now. It died with, you know, she's laughing at it. It's all good. But um, yeah, we cover some great stuff today. Sliding scales, do re uh, commissions, do reach out to Jen and I if you want uh, some more in-depth clarity on that. But that truly is a great opportunity uh, for you as a listing agent to sit down with your seller clients. Um, we talked about CMHC and uh, and just understanding the knowledge and the information that they're putting out there. And, and of course, referrals that we, uh, we covered and, and your value proposition as a listing agent. So for Jen Silvernagle, I'm Gary McGowan. And yes, we will be back at our regularly scheduled time Tuesday at 2.30 and with lots of, lots of great things happening then. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, bye for now.